Welcome back to the Alcohol Tipping Point podcast. I am your host, Debbie Mazener. I am a registered health coach. I'm a registered nurse. And I'm a registered alcohol-free badass. I bet you didn't know you could get registered for that. I just made that up. (laughs) But if there were a registration, I would get that. I would get that certification. All right. Today as a solo episode, and I'm going to be talking about the five common myths about alcohol. And this is really about alcohol and your health. So without further ado, let's talk about alcohol and your health and some of the myths that surround it. So first, what is alcohol? You guys, alcohol is actually a chemical. I think we know that. But technically, there's four different types of alcohol. Methyl, propyl, butyl, and ethanol. The only type of alcohol that we can drink or consume is ethanol. And the reason why is because the other three types are poisonous. Even drinking a small amount can lead to blindness or death. So they are no bueno. Um, So ethanol is still toxic, but it's not as toxic as those other three. It's just diluted down in our adult beverages. If you did take a drink of straight ethanol, um, at best, you would vomit immediately. At worst, it, it could lead to death. I think that recently, oh, what was I reading? There was like this Russian woman that got into trouble for making her own brew. Uh, and it was so strong that it led to the overdose deaths of, I think it was eight people. Anyway, tragic Uh, But it's all just to say that like straight up alcohol, straight up ethanol is real toxic. Um, Originally, alcohol, well, I shouldn't say originally, but I should say that alcohol has other uses too. It's an astringent, helps us clean our house. Um, It's a disinfectant, helps kill microorganisms. And that's why it's in so many household products like mouthwash, cold medicine, cleaning products. Uh, I think we've gotten used to alcohol and using it to sanitize our hands during COVID. Um, So that's fun. Another fun fact is that ethanol has been used as a general anesthetic in surgery. Uh, Back in the 1920s and 30s, when people went under, they went under with ethanol. Um, It was banned for this use in the 70s because it was too toxic. And ethanol uh, that we use is just made from corn crops. It's it's one of the main components of the fuel we put in our car. Have you ever seen the ethanol, uh, ethanol clean fuel? Yeah. So that's something that we actually put in our car. (laughs) And we drink it too. It's kind of interesting. Uh, so when we drink it, it just goes through a process called fermentation. Uh, basic, simple sugars from anything from fruit to grains are converted into alcohol uh, with the help of yeast and a lot of science. And that's what we drink. So when we're drinking, we're drinking pure ethanol um, in tiny amounts. So that's what the, where those percentages come from. Like a strong beer has about 6% alcohol by volume. Wine generally has 12 to 16% alcohol. Uh, some hard liquors like 40% alcohol. Um, but usually people will add mixers and dilute that percentage even more. So just wanted to give you like the scientific background of what alcohol is. And then we'll talk about some of the myths uh, of alcohol in your body. Let's talk about the first myth 
alcohol is good for your heart. So in the past, they have had some studies that have shown moderate amounts of alcohol can benefit your heart. Uh, The thought was that it raised HDL cholesterol, which is the good cholesterol, that it reduced blood clots, um, and that it helped prevent artery damage by reducing levels of LDL, the bad cholesterol. However, they found that the research that shows that people drink moderate amounts of alcohol have lower rates of heart disease, they found that research was all observational. So that means that those studies can't prove cause and effect, only an association, right? So let's talk a bit more about what alcohol is doing to your heart. So after that first drink, your heart starts to beat faster, your blood vessels dilate, and your blood flow increases. So in the long term, the more you drink, the harder your heart has to work. So alcohol actually is weakening the muscles of the heart, and it can lead to high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, high levels of triglycerides, those are fatty acids in your blood, and it can increase your stroke risk. Okay, those are all not good heart things. So where did we get this idea that drinking red wine benefited your heart health? This started in the 80s with something called the French Paradox. They found that French people had a relatively low risk of heart disease despite all the cheese that they were eating. And they thought, oh, could it be the wine? Um, And that's when they discovered resveratrol. And resveratrol, I hope I'm I'm probably not pronouncing that right, and I'm sorry. (laughs) But resveratrol is a type of plant compound that's found in red and purple grape skins. Okay, it's also found in other fruits, vegetables, and nuts. So they thought, oh, it's acting like an antioxidant, because that is what resveratrol does. Um, Antioxidants protect the body from damage. And they thought, wow, this could be our fountain of youth, right? This means wine is good for us. Man, I held on to that. I held on to that so hard. Uh, However, the research has shown little evidence of the benefits of that compound. In fact, one study showed you'd have to drink the equivalent of 1,000 glasses of red wine daily to get the improved benefit. So the French paradox was not so paradoxical after all. Now experts believe that factors other than wine may account for that observation, such as lifestyle and other dietary differences. Um, And what's more, heart disease rates in Japan are lower in France. And Japanese drink a lot of beer and clear spirits, but hardly any red wine. So it really wasn't the red wine. And Japanese people actually have a lot of uh, vegetables in their diet. And honestly, they aren't the biggest drinkers for other reasons uh, related to how um, people digest alcohol. So overall, the research mix is mixed and the American Heart Association doesn't recommend that you start drinking alcohol just to prevent heart disease. All right, myth number two, alcohol helps you sleep. I've talked about this before. Um, So first, let's talk about what makes sleep healing and why it's important. Sleep, oh my gosh, sleep is so essential for many different systems in your body. It helps you with memory formation, helps you with learning. Um, When you have a lack of sleep, that can lead to serious health concerns like cancer, heart diseases, diabetes, infection, and obesity. It affects our alertness, our mood, and our physical strength. 
you guys know we can go longer without food and water than we can go without sleep. It's just such a fundamental part of wellness. So in order to get good quality sleep, you need deep sleep and you need REM sleep. Deep sleep, that's just what it sounds like. It's deep. There's no dreams, uh, no movement. REM stands for rapid eye movement. Um, it, it seems backwards that when you're in this REM sleep, um, you're it's a really busy level of brain activity. Um, it seems like you wouldn't need that. doesn't seem restful, but the REM is essential. So I like to think of REM sleep like tiny minions working behind the scenes in your brain while you're sleeping, right? They're just scurrying around. They're fixing things here and there so that when you're awake, you function better. Um, and so they're doing a lot of repair work in there. So here's a few things REM sleep provides. Improved emotional resilience, better memory, reduced impulsivity, reduced risk of dementia, improved heart health, and weight management. So, fantastic, right? Uh, thank God for REM minions. However, when you are drinking alcohol, you are really disrupting your REM sleep. You're blocking it or drastically reducing it. Right? It's kind of like getting a minion drunk. They don't function very well. Um, so without adequate REM sleep, you're more likely to wake up feeling groggy and unfocused. And you know what? It's not just going guns to the wall partying that can affect your sleep. Any amount of alcohol will impact your sleep. Oh, we're talking one drink will affect your sleep. Have you waken up in the middle of the night? It sucks. Okay. On to our next myth. Alcohol bum, 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 relaxes you. Okay, alcohol is actually a depressant. It's actually a depressant and a stimulant. Now, when we talk about it as a depressant, it means it slows things down and it numbs you. Uh, so when your brain receives this depressant, it sends your balance out of whack. So why your, your body always wants to maintain homeostasis. It wants to stay the same. So when you take a depressant, it's going to ramp up your stimulants. Um, and so then what's going to happen is after the first moments of relaxation and whatnot, your stimulants are going to kick in and you're going to be wide awake. Um, and I think you've noticed that. I have noticed in the past when I drank, if I took a drink, when I was tired, all of a sudden I'd get amped up. You know, people can party all night long. Why? Because their stimulants are released. Um, so that's what's going on. Your your brain is automatically counteracting the effect of the depressants, releasing stimulants. Um, so those stimulants, when they're left over, they can leave you feeling anxious and amped up. Um, and craving something to take away that uneasy feeling. That's why the next day you get anxiety. Uh, if you've heard that term, you're more anxious. That's because your body chemically has more stimulants in it and it's making you really edgy. And what takes the edge off? Alcohol, because it's a relaxant. But then you've done your, your homeostasis is out of whack again. So does alcohol relax you? Maybe in the short term, but in the long term, it's going to amp you up and make you more anxious. So that is the myth of alcohol relaxes you. Next myth, alcohol decreases dementia. Um, I don't know where this myth came from, but 
alcohol is not good for your brain, right? This is how alcohol affects your brain. Too much alcohol can actually shrink your brain. Um, people who drink just one to seven drinks per week have smaller brains than non-drinkers. This was a John Hopkins study. Uh, a 2020 study in scientific reports found that moderate drinking was associated with lower total brain volume in early middle age in men and women. Um, so that's going to have big effects on your ability to think, learn, and remember things. It can also make it harder to keep a steady body temperature and control your movements because that's your brain. So drinking alcohol shrinks your brain. It reduces blood flow. So they have shown that the brain scans of heavy drinkers show reduced overall blood flow to the brain. And the brain uses 20% of the blood flow in your body. And it's critical for healthy brain function. So when levels of blood flow are low, that can lead to a host of problems. Brain fog, poor decision making, trouble concentrating, impulsivity, and more. And it's especially important to know that low blood flow on the brain scan is the number one predictor of future memory problems and Alzheimer's disease. And that's what we're talking about. Alzheimer's disease, dementia, uh, all of those are increased when you drink. When you drink, you can also have changes in your hippocampus, which is another area of your brain um, involved in learning and memory. Um, so just drinking one to two glasses of wine a day can change your hippocampus. And so that is also no good for the brain, right? Memory problems. So the hippocampus is the part of the brain that is affected when we black out. When you have a blackout, you're actually conscious and you're walking and you're talking, but you're not storing any long-term memories. And that's because your blood gets to a certain alcohol tipping point and shuts down your hippocampus. So your hippocampus is like a memory bank. It's where memories are recorded. And when you drink, this part of your brain starts to go offline. And the more you drink, the less you're able to recall the details of the night before. And then, like I said, you can, your brain will get to the tipping point where it will black out. Um, so those memory problems affect dementia risk later on in life. Um, the scariest danger of drinking in your brain, like I said, is that increased risk of dementia. So compared with non-drinkers and light drinkers, moderate to heavy drinkers, which by the way, you guys, it's considered one to two glasses per day. Uh, moderate to heavy drinkers have a 57% higher risk of dementia. That's huge. The good news is, though, when you stop drinking, you can get your brain health back to normal. You can reset it. Um, so that is all good news. All right. Another myth here. And this is our last myth. Alcohol increases cancer risk in heavy drinkers only. All right. So alcohol, the chemical that we talked about early on, um, is a carcinogen. So it was declared a carcinogen back in 1988. And so that means it is something that causes cancer. Uh, they did a seven-year study of 1.2 million middle-aged women, and they found that there was a huge link between drinking and cancer. And according to this study, alcohol increased the chance of developing cancers of the breast, mouth, throat, rectum, liver, and esophagus. 
And so surely you must need to be a heavy drinker to increase that cancer risk, right? Well, the most frightening revelation um, of that study and others that have been done since is that cancer risk increases no matter how little or what type of alcohol you drink. According to cancer.gov, the risk of breast cancer was higher across all levels of alcohol intake. And the WHO, which is the World Health Organization, recently announced that there is no safe level of alcohol when it comes to cancer risk. So it is definitely a risk, like a lot of the things that we use or partake in, um, but it, it does lead to increased cancer risk. And one of the ways it does that is, as far as breast cancer, alcohol increases some hormones, including estrogen, which in- contributes to breast cancer. Um, and then when you're drinking alcohol, your body's actually breaking it down into a chemical called acetaldehyde. And acetaldehyde damages your DNA and it prevents your body from repairing the damage. And so that's what can lead to a cell beginning to grow out of control and create a cancer tumor. And that's just how it works, right? However, you know, these myths, they're all kind of scary. They're, they are scary health, health um, risks that you take when you drink. Um, But the good news is quitting or just taking a break helps reverse the negative effects of alcohol, even just a 30-day break, you guys, even just 30 days. You'll sleep better. Uh, You may notice general improved health. You can lower your blood pressure, reduce your diabetes risk, lower cholesterol, and reduce your level of cancer-related proteins in the blood. So that is just from a 30-day break or cutting back your alcohol. All right, so if you find you need help um, changing your relationship with alcohol, cutting back, practicing not drinking, do check out my website, alcoholtippingpoint.com. I have lots of resources for you. I've got a free dry guide. I have uh, a 30-day alcoholiday group that I run. Um, And feel free to reach out to me. You can contact me by email, deb at alcoholtippingpoint.com. I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. Have a wonderful week and we'll be here next time. Attention Idaho and California residents. If you're shopping for a mortgage, contact PacFi, a mortgage brokerage with the top wholesale lenders in the nation. They are committed to simplifying the mortgage process, saving you time and money. Call 858-442-7048 or visit pacfi.com, NMLS number 1462943, Equal Housing Lender. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Alcohol Tipping Point. I'm always here for you guys, so please feel free to reach out and talk to me on Instagram at Alcohol Tipping Point. And check out my website, alcoholtippingpoint.com. Again, I hope you can use these tips we talked about for the rest of your week. And until then, see you next time.